0: Welcome! Happy Easter! Uh, I'm David. Uh, we are so excited if you're here. If you're checking out church and church normally isn't your thing, or you know, you just found yourself, it's Easter, I gotta do something, you know, I gotta do something, and you're here, welcome! We are so excited you're here. Today is for you. This church is for you. I mean, we're really trying to be a community, and he said, following Jesus. You're welcome wherever you're at in your spiritual journey. If you've been a follower of Jesus your whole life, welcome! Uh, today we get to celebrate the best story, the greatest news ever given, that is Jesus come to live among us, die on the cross, uh, he was put in the tomb, but the grave couldn't hold him down, uh, he is risen, and because he lives, as we just sang, uh, we can live, the, the way is made uh, available to God. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to be looking at a message in Mark. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can bring them out. If you have the app or whatever, that's good too. Uh, there will be scripture on the screen. That's that's fine, just to follow along there. Uh, we are f- For those of you who's, who've been coming to current for the last few months, since we started back in September, we've been going through the book of Mark. And today we are finishing that series, which I'm a little sad about. But uh, it's really exciting to hear on Easter, look at the last little part of the story in the book of Mark as... as uh, we, we focus on Jesus' death and ultimately his resurrection. So let me pray and then we'll read the scripture and, and we'll, we'll think about this. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son to live among us for 33 years, to live the life that we couldn't live, and then to die the death that we, we deserve on the cross. And then rising him again, raising him again from the grave that we can have life in his, in, in his name. This we celebrate today. And Father, we just ask for your spirit now uh, to be with us, to be with me as I, as I uh, teach these things, but to be on each of us as we consider these things. Wherever we're at spiritually, whether we've been uh, far from you or close to you or have never even considered you before, would you, Lord, I, my prayer is not that this would be a good sermon. My prayer is that this would be a time where you touch our hearts and you move us closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we're going to be looking at Mark 15, verses 33 through uh, 41. This is looking at the, the, the death of Jesus. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani? Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. This is God's word. I want to read one more time this powerful verse, because it's really going to be our focus here. Verse 37 says, With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last, and it says this, The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now that is just an incredibly powerful statement because in that moment, Jesus replaced religion. Uh, Religion in general says, here's what you do to earn salvation. Here's what you do to get right with the divine. Here's what you do to get right with God. Uh, Be a good person. Take care of others. I was reading an article, this is years ago, that was making the compelling uh, case that when you look across the board at all the world religions, they can all be basically summed up as, as, as one and the same in terms of what they're after, what they're calling of people. And I don't think this author was either Jewish or Christian, but he said it's basically the Ten Commandments. I mean, there's, there's diff- different things. If you do this, you will earn your salvation. You will be right with God. Um, what's interesting, as we've been looking through the book of Mark over the last few weeks, is Jesus has been making this point that even if you claim to be irreligious, you still live religiously. Now, how does that work? Well, we all find our ultimate value, meaning, purpose in something. There's something that we, to borrow religious vocabulary now, serve or worship that we have to have at all costs. Or if we don't get it, we're in trouble. Even if we we can't put our finger on what that is. For instance, the rich young ruler came to Jesus. For those of you guys who were here, that was in Mark 10, he came to Jesus, and Jesus very graciously, very, uh, w- without judgment, non-confrontationally, he helped this guy see something that he didn't know about himself, and that is his ultimate thing, his most important value, and where he got his meaning in life was his, in his worldly wealth, in his, in his possessions. And it's a, it's a, it's a powerful story, I, I recommend you check it out later if you want, Mark 10, but The guy, essentially in his spirit, agrees with Jesus. He's like, You know what? I am finding my ultimate in my wealth. And I do know, in this case, when when Jesus was laying this out for him, I do know, man, I should be using this wealth for the poor, taking care of them, but I can't do it, is the end of that story. Or, for instance, the two guys who came up to Jesus, James and John, and they said, We want to be great, Jesus. We want power, we want to claim, we want influence. And Jesus very graciously, without judgment, non-confrontationally, lays out something for them that they hadn't seen before. And that is that they were making that into something greater than it should have been. And that they should be using things like power, acclaim, position of influence to take care of the least of these. Or even a couple weeks ago in passing, Jesus even made the point, we could take something as good As family, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, we can take something as good as family and elevate it to a level of if we get our our source of value and meaning in there, it can be to an unhealthy extent. He said, you got to leave all these things. you got to be able to give them up. Why? Because religion, whether institutional or internal, at the end of the day, puts a yoke on each of us. It puts a burden. It puts a weight that we cannot measure up or we will always feel lacking. Uh, that's why I loved Kevin's story so much. I mean, what was his story that he was sharing here on, on the video? It was, he had achieved the Silicon Valley life. You know, the company, the cars, plural, I like that. The house, he had everything. And at the end of that, he said, I, I don't, is this everything? Um, and of course, what tragedy uh, came into his life with, with his his dad uh, passing away, uh, he was left asking the question, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more than this. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, when they look into look into Christianity, look into what Jesus calls us into from the outside, sometimes tragically have a misunderstanding of what it is. And they think that, it, you know, Christianity, Jesus, what He calls us to is another yoke, another burden to, to be placed on us. But that's a misunderstanding. You know, I, I remember uh, um, reading an article a year and a half ago that has really stuck with me. The great and wise Brad Pitt was interviewed with CNN he, and he said, he basically was talking about a number of things, but he, 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 he talked about how, um, why he left the church. Excuse me. Why he left the church. And he said, he linked, it, he linked that decision to his dad who raised me, quote, with all the Christian guilt of should and should not, do and do, don't. Uh, that is the yoke of religion is it not? That is that is a weight that is there. But uh, but as I said earlier, that's a tragic misunderstanding of Jesus and the scriptures of how they teach about him. Because Jesus replaced religion. Uh, when he died, the curtain was torn. Now what's that all about? This torn veil, uh, this this torn curtain in the temple. I put some slides together um, to show us this this temple. Uh, this slide just really shows you the. The, the, the massiveness of this, of this structure. I mean, it was the outer courts, uh, there's four divisions, the court of Gentiles, and then moving into like more holy places. So the foreigners were in the outside. Even the outside was uh, 500 yards by 350 yards in Jesus' day. That's five football fields by three and a half. So huge, massive structure. In the very center was the Holy of Holies, they called it. And that's this big freestanding structure in the middle, if you can see, um, itself was massive 90 feet by about 30 inside this holy of holies was the curtain this curtain that's being referenced here and in jesus day it would have been about 60 feet tall one inch thick maybe even as much as four inches thick so we're not talking these curtains okay we're talking these this 60 foot tall maybe even up to four inch thick curtain and what that curtain did was it kept people out from going into the presence of where it was said God dwelled he's too holy he's too righteous he's too just he's too pure and so we people couldn't go in except for one time a year on the day of atonement the high priest would take a sacrifice behind that curtain for just a little bit to make a sacrifice for the forgiveness of the sins of the people why would they do that Why had God set up that system to deal with the yoke of religion, to deal with the weight? Why? Because God does care that we live the calling, the higher calling that He calls us to, that we do put aside our own needs, our own wants, and we take care of others, that we take care of the poor, that we do all of these things. You know what the problem is? No one can do it. No one can do it. Any religion will tell you that. Our consciences will tell us that. Uh, one of the, the texts in the Bible that made me really solidify my faith uh, in Jesus and in, 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 in faith in Him is this text. It's in Romans 7. Paul, this, this guy who like, writes like this much of the New Testament, so just, you know, a pretty powerful guy in the, in the faith, um, a real strong leader, good guy. He wrote in this little section, he said, you know, at the end of the day, the things I want to do, I, I don't actually do, and the things I know I shouldn't do, those are the things I end up doing, and I remember reading that, and I was like, oh my goodness, aside from the institutional religion, all this sort of thing, like, that makes so much sense, like, that is my story, like, I, I just love people, I love these people I care so much about, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to pick myself, that is the yoke of religion, but here is the good news, no one could go behind that curtain until Jesus Curtain was torn in two, and in that moment, he replaced religion with relationship. We can have access to God the Father. Um, And notice this detail. I love this detail. It was torn in two from top to bottom. Um, In other words, this impossibly tall, impossibly thick curtain barrier between us and God was torn by God himself top to bottom, and that's the point. That's the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus that we celebrate today, that religion has been replaced with relationship. Jesus, God's son, came to live the life that we should have lived but could not live. He lived under the yoke of religion and yet did it perfectly, and yet he went on to die the death that we all deserve to give us all forgiveness in his name. Religion says measure up accomplish this, and then salvation, maybe. Jesus flips that completely on its head and says, you know what? I've accomplished for you what you cannot accomplish, and so to receive me. Would you receive me? To all who believe on his name, to those who, who uh, receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. He has replaced religion uh, with relationship, and I love how this story concludes here. So that happens, this amazing monumental moment, the, t- the, the temple, the curtain temple is torn from top to bottom and bottom in the very next verses. and when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, "Surely this is the Son of God." You know what's so cool about that? here 's this momentous occasion, Jesus death on the cross curtain, the veil, the barrier between us and God has been removed, and the person who gets the honor of saying who he is, declaring him his praise for who he is, is a foreigner, an outsider. He's the one who's caught, who, who gets the honor of becoming the first to be an insider, a child of God. I also love how the very next few verses, Mark spends some time talking about the women. Some women were there watching from a distance, among them Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James. This is Mark, who, if you've been here with us over the last few months, you know he doesn't add fluff in his words. I mean, he just he talks about the details, and he keeps it very succinct. Everything has a purpose. And yet, here, in the story of stories, the moment of Jesus' death, he spends a good deal of text talking about women. What's that all about? What it's all about is the men took off. They got scared. They, they, were, they didn't want to die with Jesus. Peter, James, John, those guys wanted nothing to do with be there they were scared and what's so cool about that is not just 21st century america saying oh yeah of course cool cool which that is awesome but the fact of the matter it's so revolutionary what was happening here and that is women in that day and age we need to remember first century palestine were considered second-class citizens at best they weren't counted in any census they weren't their testimony wasn't valid in court And yet in God's plan, not only were they the ones who were there and they stuck with Jesus in his moment of need, they also became these women, the very first witnesses to Jesus risen from the dead. The greatest news. God gave them that honor. They became the apostles to the apostles. Now, why is that significant? Hey, for one thing, I think it's showing with real good reason that this actually happened. Think about it. Why include this detail if it would be that embarrassing to the early church. I mean, this internal and external evidence points to Mark's account here that we have written about 65 AD, internal and external evidence. And even going forward, centuries from this moment, in such a male-centric society, the church leaders probably would have been a little embarrassed by this, wouldn't you say? And yet it's here, why? Probably because it happened. Why else include it? But here's, I think, the more important point, is that God is making... This statement in the centurion and in the women, he is saying, I have come from those who are far away from me. You might think you're as far away from me as you can get. I have come for you. I have come for people that society might think are lowly. They're not lowly in my mind. I am raising raising them up. I'm elevating them. They are of absolute worth to me. God has come for everyone. He's come for you. If you are here today and you have been thinking, you know what? There's got, to, you know, maybe there is something more to life. You know, I think oftentimes when we really ask that question, it's it's in tragedy, isn't it? I mean, it's like okay, tragedy hits, and we're like, is this all there is? I think most often what we're doing is we're just kind of status quo doing it, and we maybe we'll have some thoughts like that, but we'll suppress it. And, nah, I don't want to think about it. God has come to say, in sending His Son to die you and rise again from the dead, that there is something more. The Creator, your Heavenly Father, wants a relationship with you based on what Jesus has done for you. Does that mean we now move, We, you know, we now don't do the things God calls us to? No, we do those things. It's just that the motivation has changed. We still do, we do God's will, if anything, more so. Why? Because the motivation has changed from fear, oh, anxiety, will, will I, you know, make it to a one of... Joyful gratitude. Because Jesus has done for us, we lovingly serve Him back. And if you're here today, and you have, you've been plagued with guilt, maybe, precious. You've been plagued with guilt, and you think, you know what? It's, it's, you know, kind of the idea of, I don't even know why I came to church today. I feel like the walls might fall down on me. You know, I, I've been amazed at how many conversations since we've started this church that we've had where folks have, have asked this question. It's a good question. Does God really forgive sins, the way it says he forgives sins? And the answer to that is a resounding yes, he does. Um, if you want insurance behind that thought, if that's a struggle for you, if you want insurance behind that thought, know that he it cost him no less than sending his son to die for you for any sin that you've committed. He loves you, and he wants you back into a relationship with him. The curtain has been torn. And so that's what we celebrate today. Today is... a Today is the, 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 the curtain torn, because He lives, we live. And this is the good news that we get to share as a church, and we welcome you into this community. Not that we have it all figured out, not that we're this perfect, sinless church. No, no, no. The whole point is because we need Jesus. We all need Jesus, and we just want to move towards Him. And so we welcome you into that with us. Because He lives, we get to live. Let me pray as the band comes up. Father, thank you so much for the veil torn, for the curtain torn from top to bottom. You have taken care of salvation for us. You sent your son to live the life that we should, but we couldn't, and then to die the death that we deserve. And We just, we just give you praise. And because you ro- raised him from the dead, we get to have life with you too? Uh, both now, experience that now, and forever, Father, we just, all we can do is give you praise and thank you. And Lord, now as we get ready for our baptisms to celebrate this, uh, would you just, would you be, would you be praised, would you be honored? This is for you. We love you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I just mentioned in prayer, we're going to move into the baptisms here in a second. Uh, we're going to sing a song to give us time to prepare for that. Um, That's a logistical move. Um, But here's what baptism is. It's an outward sign and seal of an inward spiritual reality. That is, baptism is a declaration of what has already happened in our hearts. That is, when we put our faith in Jesus to have done for us on the cross what we could not do, and that in believing in him, we have life in his name. Uh, That is what baptism is. Baptism will save us. Baptism just shows that. But it's also a public declaration. It's a party. To all of this, if you would like to be baptized today, we are prepared for you to be baptized. I am serious. We have change of clothes bags ready for you. If you want to be baptized, if you've put your faith in Jesus, you can do that today. And what better what time to celebrate that than on Easter? Uh, if if you're at all interested or you'd like to make you'd like to do that, uh, see our team in the back. There's a table back there with uh, bags, uh, instructions. Uh, they will help you through the steps and then and then the you know, the the five folks who will be baptized will will be up there. Uh, let's sing.